So it's officially past Thanksgiving, so you know what time it is. Yeah, that means it's Christmas shopping season, isn't it? Yeah, but which one? Uh, the, the Christmas one. What do you mean? <laughs> well, okay, let me ask you, when would you say Cyber Week is? Ah, uh, well, I've always kind of uh, thought of Cyber, I didn't really think of Cyber Week, I've always thought like Cyber Monday, like the Monday after Thanksgiving. Yes, okay, so me too. And I, I think it is, but when I was talking to a friend of mine who's a VP of marketing, he actually started his company's e-commerce campaign the week before Black Friday. So November 21st this year, because that's the new Cyber Week apparently. Okay, well, this might explain all the emails I've been getting in my inbox that kind of felt like the shopping season's been expanding and I don't know. Been getting a lot of emails about deals lately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it used to be just Black Friday and then there was Cyber Monday. Yeah. And then there's, isn't there like Giving Tuesday, which comes right after Cyber Monday? That's right. That's, and it's all kind of part of this Cyber Week, which is either before Black Friday or after it. Or just, you know, all consuming. It feels like it's just nonstop, right? Yeah, exactly. So for all of you product people working in e-commerce, we're going to explore the history of Black Friday and try to figure out why Cyber Week is quickly turning into almost Cyber Month. And everything starts right after we roll this intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. And a quick word from our sponsors. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com 
forward slash rocketshipfm24, you'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us, go to gigantic.is, that's gigantic.is, and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So Black Friday, the day when everything is on sale. Yes, people everywhere, at least here in the United States, they're lining up hours before stores open for a chance to grab those deep discounts. Sometimes they're even lining up the night before, which is Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. In 2020, apparently 36% of people in a Deloitte survey said they would still stand in line at a physical store between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m., which is kind of wild. Yeah, although you know what? I remember doing that, you know, like uh, back when I was in like high school and college. Can't say I've done that uh, anytime recently. But yes, while we used to have just, you know, Black Friday, the times are changing for this pre-Christmas retail season. The share of consumers who plan to do most of their shopping on Black Friday in the U.S., well, it's gone way down from 59% in 2015 to 36% in 2020. Now consumers are still shopping and they're spending a lot during these times, but it's no longer just one day. It's at least two when you include Cyber Monday, and it's up to six if you include Cyber Week. Uh, Now Cyber Week is looking like two full weeks, so that brings us to almost 10 days of discounts to kick off the Christmas season. But how did this all get started? Yeah, honestly, before this episode... I never really thought about the meaning of Black Friday. It just kind of was. But I did some research, and Black Friday's roots actually trace back to Philadelphia in the 1950s. Now, I remember hearing about the why, but uh, maybe, Michael, you'll catch me up here. Wasn't it the day that retailers would suddenly be, quote, in the black and make up for their whole year by being in the red (laughs) while waiting for the Christmas shopping season? Yeah, well, that part's, it's true, but it's not the actual origin story. We'll actually get to where that myth came from in just a minute. But dating back to the early 1900s, the day after Thanksgiving has long been the start of the Christmas shopping season. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, many Thanksgiving or even Santa parades, as they were called, were sponsored by department stores. So the continuing Toronto Santa Claus parade in Canada, that started in 1905 and was initially sponsored by Eaton's. And the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which we all know, which is held in Manhattan every year, that started in 1924, obviously sponsored by Macy's. And department stores, they would use these parades to launch their big advertising push into the Christmas season. Okay, I could start to see how this maybe evolved. Yeah, but it doesn't quite explain the name Black Friday, right? So if it had simply started there, we'd probably call it like Macy's Day or, you know, 
deep discount Christmas shopping day. But in the 1950s, police in Philadelphia, they actually started using the term Black Friday to describe the chaos that ensued on the day after Thanksgiving when merchants, they were offering huge discounts already, but there was also hordes of tourists that would flood into the city in advance of the big Army-Navy football game that happened every Saturday of that year. The Cadet Corps, 2,400 strong, marches into Philadelphia's Municipal Stadium confident of victory in the 51st edition of the great service classic, the Army-Navy game. 100,000 spectators see the entire midshipman brigade. 3,700 minis arrive with hopes high of riding herd on the Army mule. First to field are the minis. They've won only two games. All so because of this, not only were Philadelphia cops not able to take the day off, but they had to work extra long shifts dealing with the additional crowds and traffic, not to mention the uptick in shoplifting that occurred because of this chaos. Okay, starting to make a little more sense now. <laughs> yeah, so by 1961, Black Friday had caught on in Philadelphia to the extent that the city's merchants, they tried to, to shed that uh, negative skin. They wanted to call it Big Friday. But I'm guessing that that didn't stick. I haven't really heard of Big Friday before. <laughs> <laughs> no, Black Friday was here to stay. It, it did not stick, at least in Philadelphia, but it took several years to spread across the country. And as recently as 1985, it wasn't necessarily common uh, nationwide. As recently as 1985? Okay, I mean, it was still a long time ago, but for the context of the story, it took over 20 years really to become the national phenomenon that we know today. In fact, you remember like the Tickle Me Elmo craze in the early 2000s, right? I totally remember Tickle Me Elmo for sure. So before that, when we were very young, um, there was the Cabbage Patch craze of 1983. And the Cabbage Patch kids were so scarce and demand for them reached such heights that riots actually broke out in stores across America. Kind of uh, very foretelling to what we would see later on, but parents drove hundreds of miles to get their hands on these elusive dolls and desperate gift givers pay top dollar just because they could be given as a rare present. Here's actually a news clip from that time. The customers were standing in front of this store at 7 o'clock this morning. The store didn't open until 9, and only a few Cabbage Patch dolls were going on sale. Once the coupons were given out to those few parents who would be allowed to buy a doll, the word was given out that the dolls would be given out behind the store, out back at the freight entrance. And then the race was on. At the Zare department store, which, by the way, my grandmother worked at a Zare's department store, so I remember that clearly. But at the Zare department store located right outside Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, they experienced what became known as the riot of the rare dolls. Manager grabbed a baseball bat while others fought over limited edition dolls. Sometime in the late 1980s, uh, retailers they found a way to reinvent Black Friday and channel this energy into something that was rebranded as a day to celebrate. The result? was the red to black mythology of the holiday that we mentioned earlier and the notion that the day after Thanksgiving marked the occasion when America's stores finally turned a profit. So that was the mythology that made everyone kind of feel good about the shopping on that day. Exactly. The in the Black Friday story stuck and pretty soon terms darker roots in Philadelphia. Well, that was largely forgotten. Right, and the stores started opening earlier and earlier on Black Friday, and then shoppers could head out right after their Thanksgiving meal to catch the early deals. Yeah, that seemed to become popular right around 2014. In fact, here's an ABC News clip from around that time. 
retailers just announced that they will be opening their doors earlier than ever this holiday shopping season, on Thanksgiving night, in fact. And not everyone is taking the news so well. Some employees are up in arms about giving up one of their favorite holidays. And ABC's Tanya Rivero is here with their story. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Viana. That's right. Store workers are saying enough is enough. Last year, many started working before midnight on Thanksgiving. Now many have to come in so early they say they can't have dinner with their families. And now the one-day sales bonanza has morphed into a four- to ten-day event and spawned other retail holidays such as Small Business Saturday and Sunday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, and the whole Cyber Week. And look, America loves a reason to shop, right? I mean, ten years ago it was disgruntled retail employees who missed Thanksgiving. Today, it's the disgruntled site reliability engineers who are hoping that the hordes of traffic to the company's websites won't bring down the domain over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, so now that we understand the origins of this truly American holiday, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Okay, before we get to sorting out what's happening today with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, Giving Tuesday, the ever-expanding Cyber Week, I thought we could play a little game of trivia. Ooh, all right. I'm, I'm always up for a game of trivia. <laughs> okay, so first question. I'll, I'll make this an easy one. Which retailer is historically the most dangerous place to shop on Black Friday? Okay, I've definitely seen tons of crazy YouTube videos out there of madness happening at Walmart. So I'm going to go with Walmart. That's right. 57% of Black Friday incidents happen at Walmart historically. So you are absolutely right. And hopefully, as people shop more online, these incidents happen less and less. But okay, next question. What year did the term Black Friday first appear in the New York Times? Okay, this is this is a hard one. Um, hmm. Yeah, that might be a little unfair, but okay, how about just give me a decade. How about the 1970s? That is it. It was November 29th, 1975, in which it was still referred specifically to the busiest shopping and traffic day of the year in Philadelphia. Okay, so let's switch gears. Here's an easy one. What company today has the largest share of online retail shopping on Black Friday? Okay, this feels like a gimme. <laughs> I, I would normally say Amazon, but I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a trick question and is it Walmart again? Well, your instinct was actually correct. Amazon absolutely dominates still with 24% of the online market share. I don't think any other company has really over five, so they are still incredibly dominant. Now, let's ask a product question. So which do you think has a higher share of overall revenue by device that people are shopping on? Would that be mobile, desktop, or maybe tablet? Well, I feel like people are doing things on their phones more and more, and I feel like that's the norm. So. I'm gonna say mobile here. Yeah, it's a really good guess, but 
the desktop is still king with over 60% of purchases being made on the desktop. Interestingly enough, the conversion rate for laptops and other devices on Cyber Monday is 7.2% and only 3.4% for mobile devices. But another interesting twist for you marketers out there is that 58% of traffic during this time comes from the smartphone. So it's like people are browsing on their mobile phones, but they're actually, you know, finalizing their purchases on the desktop. Maybe it's just more convenient. So get those mobile ads ready. Uh, while people may not be directly purchasing from mobile, it's definitely where they're discovering. Think about being on the performance marketing teams at retailers. That has to be a nightmare when you see so many different things like that, right? Absolutely. I can't even imagine, honestly, especially with all the tracking restrictions that are now in place, like the, the meta, the Google battles. So anyway, switching gears, let's get back to the evolution of Black Friday and into Cyber Monday. So last year, Americans spent more than $9 billion online for Cyber Monday, making it the biggest e-commerce day of the year. Yeah. And that is crazy. $9 billion in one day. I actually had no idea it was that big. And the origins of Cyber Monday, they only date back to 2005. I mean, it's obviously right. It's the internet. But yeah, 2005. Yeah, which feels like a long time ago and just like yesterday, right at the same time. Yep. <laughs> well, if we travel back, right, the largest social network at that time, it was actually MySpace. Wow. That is kind of wild. I do remember my MySpace days, though. And <laughs> Let's see. What, what would be like the top songs of that year? I think. Was there We Belong Together by Mariah Carey? I think that was Song of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so with that perspective, the, the origin of Cyber Week, it was developed by the National Retail Federation, or NRF, which they track retail trends, and they noticed that there was a growing uptick in spending the Monday after Thanksgiving for several years running up to 2005. Yes, and they hypothesized that this was because people were back in the office and had faster internet than they did at home. Yeah, we didn't all have fiber, 5G, everything uh, then. It actually mattered, right, the office. So they wanted to brand that day to take advantage of the growing trend and hopefully increased spending on this day. So Ellen Davis, the Senior Vice President of Research and Strategic Initiatives there at NRF, she actually coined the term Cyber Monday. Now, according to Comscore, that first year was estimated that there were $484 million in sales for that Monday alone. But then what really made Cyber Monday take off was the Amazon and Walmart competition of 2009. And we'll have more on that after a quick break. Okay, so back to Cyber Monday and the Amazon versus Walmart battle. It's 2009, and Amazon had just become the number one retail site. Walmart, they're playing catch up here, and there's an estimated $1 billion up for grabs on Cyber Monday alone. Here's actually a clip from CNBC from 2009. It, a lot has been made of the Walmart, Amazon.com war. Um, weigh in on that, and do you think that, that who, who will come out the winner in that particular race, or will there be a winner this year? Well, th yeah, this holiday, is, as much as uh, any other time this year, has really demonstrated that online commerce is where the growth opportunity lies for companies like Walmart. Now, they both offered deep discounts on popular items, and free shipping became more and more common. 
In order to keep up with the competition, other retailers had to offer similar deals. And Cyber Monday became the biggest shopping day of the year, both online and offline. So what did Walmart do to compete? <laughs> they went on and invented Cyber Week and expanded their sales from Cyber Monday to the following Friday. Now, these days, Cyber Monday is still going strong. I mean, last year, U.S. consumers spent $10.7 billion online, a slight drop from the previous year. But the previous year was 2020, the first year of the COVID pandemic. And, you know, as we remember, we were all just locked inside shopping online. Yes, yes. So a bit of an anomaly there. Okay. And then as a response to all of this consumption, someone invented Giving Tuesday. Let's talk about Giving Tuesday. If you don't know that this day is the cherry on top of the giving season Sunday, well, you just haven't been paying attention then, have you? So let's get you caught up with the most generous day of global giving on the planet. That was a clip from the Donor Box's TikTok channel. Now, Giving Tuesday was initiated in 2012 by Henry Timms at the 92nd Street Y in New York. The co-founding organization was the United Nations Foundation. Giving Tuesday has now become its own entity. It has a CEO and a global presence. The, the day itself, five days after Thanksgiving, has grown from $10 million raised in 2020 for charities to over $2 billion donated in 2021. And now, because of the ever-expansion of the beginning of the holiday season, marketers are starting earlier than ever. I got so many get early access to our Black Friday deals emails from companies this year. Honestly, it felt like the new tactic. But um, when I checked, I don't know, the savings were kind of lackluster, honestly. So I, I don't know if it's worth waiting overnight for anymore. Yeah, and that's where it appears the experience will continue to expand to. Of deals happening earlier and earlier to capture that Christmas shopping budget and blur your lines between Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the weeks surrounding them. So... We hope that you're able to find something you need for your holiday shopping list this week. Yes, and we hope you completed your yearly charitable contribution as well. And supported your local retailers. Yes, all of that during this entire Christmas season. So with all of that, we'll be right back next week with another episode here on Rocketship.fm. For Mike Balsito, I'm Michael Saka, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. This episode was mixed and mastered by Court Deans. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.